yeah, that's honor. right. That's right. I just popped that record button. <laughs> that's, <laughs> right. that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do I look like do I look like Jeffrey Jeffrey today? I wanted to try to get like the like I wasn't sure if if I joined if I just had the beanie on and the beard. I wasn't sure if I looked like Jeff right off the bat. Dude, you know what, man? I'm gonna give you an A for effort. But uh, I, I don't see I don't see That's a too mon- generous. I don't see a monstera plant behind you. Oh, a little little snake plant. <clears throat> nice try, Ryan. Little snake plant. Very I do see nice. I do see Susan's book though, so I congratulate. It you is on there. That. Yeah. Yep, she's right there. Have you read it? Uh, I have read parts of it. I will be candid and say I've not read the whole thing. All right, everybody. Ryan, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. What's up, boys? Austin, Andy, pleasure. Okay, okay. So check it out. Uh, I may have told them that you were Mike Isratil. Wow, <laughs> I, I appreciate you that. What a disappointment that, yeah. for them. <laughs> 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 we knew it wasn't Mike Isratil, but Look, hey, here it showed up on time too. It must have been. <laughs> Look, I, I was like, I was like, hey boys, like, I got a big surprise guest for our first surprise guest on the podcast, right? First guest at all. Um, really, dude? Frankly, we've been we've been cranking out these episodes and haven't released any of them because we've just all been busy and slacking and just terrible human beings. So we've all just yeah. been we've been recording these bangers of podcasts and obviously mm-hmm. we're a little bit biased but they've been yeah. fucking they've been bangers they've been bangers that's the first thing i thought of when i was like i was like i was like i'm on a podcast with a bunch of terrible human beings i'm like this is yeah it's gonna be good i got it's gonna be good <laughs> this is gonna be good but yeah man um i'm doing amazing thanks for asking um of course yeah how are you doing I'm good, man. I'm just uh, hunkered up in in Brooklyn. It's like snowing like crazy here. Yeah, it's snowing here too in Oregon. We're, what's funny is me, Austin, and Andy are all in the Pacific Northwest. So, are you uh, really? Yeah, we're all like it all just randomly worked out that way. Yeah, like we didn't plan this shit. We just found out we're like, oh, we're actually pretty close to each other. <laughs> yeah. Where are you, Austin? I'm in Vancouver, Washington, which is like oh. a little bit. It's just over the border from Portland, Oregon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. What about you, Andy? I'm in Vancouver, BC. So I'll pick Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little, little farther north. A little further north. That's right, mate. Yeah. I was, uh, I heard Vancouver is beautiful. Yeah, mate. It's pretty lovely. It's pretty lovely. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. So the, the Pacific Northwest is, is properly properly uh <laughs> represented here on this podcast. that's right that's right mm-hmm. yeah we have a group chat in uh <clears throat> in whatsapp and it's called the pnw wankers or pn <laughs> pn wankers but uh-huh. the, and it's got an anchor anyways austin's really smart so, he, so you know everybody's wanking on the same time zone which is nice to know right? yeah no Try we it. all oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We all get it in. Right, like I could be like three hours ahead wanking. It's like, ah, oh, we're off schedule. It's tough. You could you could join the WhatsApp, kind of keep keep us updated. Um yeah, on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Hell yeah, Ryan. Well, bro, I, I wanted to have you on because uh, I did a podcast episode with you, dude, and it's one of my favorites of all time on my solo podcast. And the reason for that is, dude, is because I think we didn't get into fitness shit until like 20 to 30 minutes into the podcast. And me and, yeah. you, were, me and you were literally sipping water like, <laughs> into our microphones and like critiquing yeah. each other. And I almost choked yeah. on my water. And, yeah, uh, it was nice. Yeah, it was good. It was, dude. I've actually gotten a bunch of messages from people talking about how much they love that episode. And, really? Uh, That's yeah, cool. yeah. I was like, "You like that?" Literally, we were just <laughs> sipping <laughs> exactly <laughs> like that. You like that shit. <laughs> you know, I think I listened to that episode. It was a while ago, but <laughs> it's like every episode Je- since Jeff has been like. <laughs> Oh I'm like, like no that's that's not what we liked actually. I'm like <laughs> it's just not the same without Ryan it's not the same like, no Jeff that wasn't the missing part actually <laughs> is this optimal water <laughs> yeah Ryan are you in the are you in the mentorship as well mate yeah 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 I've been um I was I was in the um the OG when I first started yeah. was when Jordan first started it first um, round yeah, the very first round. So I've been in it, I forget how long, probably th- three three years now? Three years? Yeah, Maybe? I think so. Because I've been three in years? there since like the same time as Jeff, I think. Mm-hmm. 2020, so right? Two years. And then, but the original was what, 2019? Yeah, it was, it was uh, I want to I say like winter, hmm, maybe, maybe it was like February 2019. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's oh, rad. Crap. That's rad, man. Because I, oh no, I feel like there's not a lot of people that are still in there from that that first initial group. But the people that mm-hmm. were in there, all are absolutely crushing it, and like yeah. have these big platforms for fitness now. So it's like shit. It, it, I mean, it's it's cool to see uh, one people who are aligned with with how we coach people, and and you know we. And and in our own ways too, right? I think it's like uh, I, I my favorite Austin TikTok is him slurping up the sweat left over from uh, like, <laughs> like, like, like your gym crush. Oh my god! Oh man! I was like, this is the content I wanted to see. I was like, that's exactly uh views are views are down. Gotta gotta fucking do something. Let's reel them back in, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah that was a fun one to make i honestly i i low-key felt <laughs> i low-key felt like that would blow up just because of the sound yeah but uh yeah i try i try not to do that cringy type of content most of the time that was but, perfect though because that was, uh, <laughs> <it> was like, <laughs> i was like it's the perfect it was the perfect amount of like creep and funny and and dirty and i was like that's ex- no wonder this showed up on my for you page i was like this is, like, <laughs> this is for you this is here for a reason i need to enjoy it oh that's In- instant follow <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is i actually saw austin on tiktok before i ever even knew him um really yeah austin did you know that dude i don't know if i told you this story but i was like i was looking up content about metabolism and a bunch of austin's videos just started popping up i was like this guy's fucking solid so i shot him a follow no follow back by the way and 
Yeah, just I don't to, think any of us follow you, Jeff. So. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Cue the sad piano noise podcast <laughs> editor. Can I say something? Andy has a great beard. Thank you, mate. That's a great beard. That Cheers, is a, bro. That's a proper, like, you, that's a Vancouver beard. And you, where, where are you from originally? <laughs> from the UK, mate. That's dope, man. So he's yeah. got, like, anytime he talks, like, we're all jealous of when he speaks because it's just like, yeah, UK accents are like one of the best. When Andy You're talks, right. you fucking listen. <laughs> yeah. You just interrupted him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. You only listen because you've got to figure out what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the beauty of it, man. <laughs> but yeah, fact, that's a... Did you turn yeah. the name of the uh, the podcast now? We recently oh, yeah. changed the name. We haven't obviously released any episodes oh, yet, yeah. but... We did have a name of the podcast. What, what was it? Recomp for life or something? Yeah, it was terrible. Off the name. Yeah, we were trying to come up with a yeah, name for ages. We, we were like, oh, recomp. We wanted recomp radio, but it was already taken. So we were coming yeah. up with something. We're like, recomp lifestyle, recomp for life. We just were like, okay, we'll just have that one. And then we were having a bit of banter. Like this was it this morning in the in the dms and uh i was like oh i'm feeling nervous because i don't know who's coming on the call this morning and, you really uh, didn't tell him dude i told him oh my God. i hinted at mike israel just to make austin <laughs> just to make austin cream is himself right get him and, going yeah, yeah. <laughs> wankers yeah yeah and so i messaged the group and was like i'm actually a bit nervous because <laughs> I don't know who's coming on. And so I was like, I'm putting on my best behavior and my, oh, my Queen's getting my Queen's English ready. And then uh Austin followed up with something like, let me read it here. Hang on. Oh man. <laughs> it's funny shit, mate. I love that this is real. This yeah, is it's <laughs> yeah, it's real. Oh, good day, sir, madam. Pleased to meet your acquaintance. Welcome to the gentleman's round table of body recomposition. <laughs> I think Mike would have hated that. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but I but I love it. That's the difference between me and him. So that's that, the only difference. So we decided that's that's the name of the podcast now. The gentleman's The Gentleman's Round, round table, table of Body Recomposition. <laughs> The gentleman's <laughs> round table, round table of body recomposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and we're all gonna have like, like in the thumbnail for the podcast, we're gonna have like top hats and monocles, <laughs> and we're gonna be in our knickers. You could, you could be in your knickerbockers. Mm -hmm. That could definitely yeah. work. Yeah, I love that. There's not uh, enough. There's not enough. Like, there's too much seriousness in the fitness industry, dude. And like, I feel like mm -hmm. what we kind of bring to the table is we're just we don't take it too serious. Like we like we know the science. We're you know we're about the evidence based shit, but we but we don't like over over serious it over over seriousify it. Yeah, you get it. You just murdered the Queen's English. <laughs> 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 we, we don't take vocabulary seriously too <laughs> nah fuck vocabulary dude yeah. making up <laughs> dude. our own words here yeah i th i agree i mean i think that's uh that's what that's what keeps me interested in, in making content is like obviously we'll have our more serious pieces um because there's a time and place but i think uh that's what keeps me 
more like inclined to make content is like, am I having fun with this? Is, is it like still educational? It's still um, like valid. And then, you know, does it like, can I laugh at this? Can my mom laugh at this? Or like, can a complete stranger laugh at this? I think, I think that's what, you know, and like Jeff, we talked about on your podcast is like, that's what, uh, in, in my opinion, that's what makes your favorite teachers, your favorite teachers is mm. because they, they present content in a way that just hits for you. Whereas somebody could like Austin does a great job too, like going over peer reviewed studies. And like, I find that interesting. Cause that's something I, you know, I like when it comes to science stuff, I get it. But when someone can clearly explain it to me and simplify it to me, even better, let's go. That's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's, that's what makes our favorite teachers, our favorite teachers, because we present in a way that just hits for somebody, whether that's a funny one or it's someone simplifying like a peer reviewed study for you. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah man i think we've all we've all had those teachers in high school or middle school like i don't know about you guys but i was a terrible student like absolutely awful like i was definitely the class clown and like seeking attention and just like you know just like desperate that kid that was just a shithead that was desperate for attention you know yeah. and and uh smoking way too much weed and uh <laughs> and, uh, and, hey man, know, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is I don't that? Know if you're trying to convince us, or like, <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is yeah, that yeah, supposed yeah, to be? Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> um, no, but then you know, like, dude, like, life got fucking crazy, man, and and uh, and I got out of fitness, and I got out of like, you know, caring about anything. I got out of you know all that. Went to a dark place, and like when I cleaned up my act in my early 20s like uh the people that I resonated with who taught me were also had a good sense of humor and like were able to relate to that class clown in me that didn't take shit too seriously the ones who like I could listen to and resonated with me they were like they sprinkled in some humor in there you know Jordan Side is a great example of that because that dude he makes me fucking laugh his energy is so good. He doesn't take shit too seriously. He's not like all sciencey and technical with the way he fucking talks about things. He understands the science. He's a super smart dude, but he breaks it down in a way that is approachable. And that's that to me is the key to getting people to not be scared or intimidated by fitness because it is like if you've never done this shit, it's scary and intimidating. There's so much information out there. And, you know, Dr. Mike Isratel could come on here on one of our first episodes and talk about the optimal biomechanics for hypertrophy. And we'd be like, yeah, dude, fuck yeah. It's, you know, my knickers, my knickers, my knickers are getting tight right now. But, but, uh, you know, we also have to keep in mind that, you know, a lot of people who are going to be listening to these episodes are new to fitness and all of this stuff may be brand new. So what gives us, what gets our knickers in a bunch might not get theirs. Yeah, absolutely. Hey Ryan, mate, yes, I'd love sir. to know. Uh, I'd love to know a bit about your story because I, I realized I just checked and I don't, I don't follow you. I've heard your name. <laughs> <laughs> your name bounced through. Well, he doesn't follow me. This. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, this is all fair. What he's saying is all fair. Let him, let, let him speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pipe down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So I don't know much about your like style of content or anything, but it would be great to know what got you into fitness 
initially kind of your backstory and then what led you to becoming a coach and wanting to help other people yeah super super good question and i'll make sure we i follow you as soon as we get off this this podcast um but uh but yeah i mean i i i got into sort of working out um initially when i was like 13 seventh grade when kids were starting talking about like their biceps and like in gym class and like some kids are like, yeah, I've been doing like more curls. And I'm like, I should probably start doing that too. And like, those are the kids that were like, had girlfriends that they would hug for 13 seconds in the hallway. I was like, all right, well, I want some hugs. So I started going to the gym with my dad for a little bit. And, you know, initially, and, and this is why I can resonate with a lot of people when they first start going to the gym, how they go to the corner of the gym and like try to do their own thing. I did the same thing. Except my workout consisted mostly of like just doing bicep curls and, uh, you know, maybe some shoulder presses and tricep stuff like arms um and then you know i really got into you know working out and training when i when i played football um our my high school had a really great strength training program um and geared towards you know athletic performance and um i really started to learn a lot when my sophomore year there was um this man who worked there his name was carl bodner and he was an, the economics teacher at the school, but he was also the uh, like a strength and conditioning coach. And he was like 60, 65 years old, um, my sophomore year. And he also was a, a really close family friend because my grandfather and him taught together at the same time at the high school. And basically, he took me under his wing. And when I tell you, like, it's one of those guys where you're like, when he speaks, you just listen because he's just a genius talking. Um, like, he was the one that got me into looking at he would literally print out packets of peer reviewed articles for me to read like, like nutrient timing, like, you know, hypertrophy, like all this stuff that like kids in my grade were just like, Oh, like, you know, the, the new, like, and no explode just came out. And like, I'm reading like all this like <laughs> nutrient stuff and like, like legit nutrition articles. And, um, so he taught me everything from that aspect to, you know, how to properly program. Like he would literally, He'd be the guy that like we do all this stuff and we get paid to do it now, but he would literally make thousands of programs for any kid that asked in the school um, to make them them a workout and gear it towards them. And like, I don't know when he found the time to do all that, but he would do it. So, you know, basically, long story short, that's how I kind of got into fitness and really coaching people in that regard is because I was given kindness and and taught things without asking for without being asked to give anything in return um and after every workout that he would he would do with me he, he literally kicked my ass and then like give me an orange and be like how was that for like an old man workout right like so like legit like it was like the educational part we we did the practical part and then there's like that mentor part so that's really what got me into health and fitness went to school university of rhode island originally for nursing and quickly realized that i hated organic chemistry and I was not ready for anatomy at the time, um, especially at the same time. Uh, so I, I, I dropped out of the nursing program and I uh, enrolled into the health promotion. And I also uh, minored in health psychology. Um, just two things that really resonate with me. I really love them. Um, you know, I had an internship at a, at a hospital where I was the first like wellness coordinator. So I would you know, work with the cafeteria to try to make the menu healthier. I would work with the, you know, phys physical therapy department and try to introduce classes for the workers there. And I just really fell in love with that too. I was like, I love the aspect of 
being able to implement different things to help give people the opportunity to improve their health and, and improve their wellness. And then, um, you know, after I graduated college, couldn't get a job like everybody else. Um, and I was like, I'll, I'll be a personal trainer. Cause I essentially did that all through college. Everybody worked out with me all the time. I was like, I'll do that. Ended up being a personal trainer for seven years, ended up working in corporate wellness for seven years. And then I started my online business about five years ago. Um, so that's kind of like a long story short of what got me into like health and fitness and coaching. And then, you know, kind of the aspect I really work on now and reflect on now with clients and my own content is, is bringing the mental and behavioral piece to it. Um, you know, like Jeff said, he was in a dark place for, for a few years. Like I, I was in the same place. I, um, you know, trained and, and had a great physical appearance and, you know, had a good foundation for how to coach people on their, on their physical appearance, all that. Um, but internally I, I was kind of broken. I, I had, uh, you know, struggling years and years, severe anxiety and depression. And I didn't know, I didn't know what I was experiencing. I just knew I, it wasn't right. And I knew that, uh, if I didn't do something about it, it just wouldn't have led to a good outcome. So I, I started going to therapy, been going to therapy for four or five years now. Um, and it completely revamped how, not only with myself, but how I'll coach, coach clients and, and, you know, get them to reframe thoughts or get them to, uh, be more vulnerable or create a comforting space. Um, you know, just things like that. So that's long story short for your, for your question, Andy, that's a, that's a little bit about me. Dude, that's great. And, um, so what is sophomore year? That means nothing to me, by the way, sophomore. Sophomore year? <laughs> so yeah. sophomore year, so we can look at it like if, let's say you're in, um, say you're in uni, right? right? It would be your second year of uni. Second year of university? Yep. Or or in, or in high school or in your general studies, right? Okay. Right, Just right. Your second second year. year. So you were in your second year of high school. And you were reading like peer-reviewed art, art articles. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Mate, you should have seen me in my second year of high school. <laughs> <laughs> I was not reading peer-reviewed articles. Yeah. <laughs> what were you? What were you reading? What were you, the uh, little nudie mags? Mate, <laughs> if I could peel them apart, maybe I would. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure there wasn't much. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there wasn't much text on there. <laughs> hey, pictures do well too. Yeah. <laughs> Visual learner. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, no, but that's a great story, man. And I think that's great that you uh, like you're open about your story about going to therapy. And I think that a lot of people that I speak to these days are more open about that. And I think there is a much less stigma attached to that which is in my opinion awesome and i think it's great that you've been able to use that uh, not just for yourself in overcoming your own anxiety but it, you've also been able to use the tools that you've used to help your clients as well you know picking up on things that they might be struggling with because we all know that you know whether you have a client that wants to lose weight in fact most of the time a client that wants to lose weight it's it's really fucking hard work you know, and the hardest part of it is going through the mental battle of, you know, I don't feel like I'm capable of doing it. And like you're up against, you know, changing your habits 
and it, it is really hard mentally it's like one of the hard hardest parts of you know physiologically it's moderately hard but mm-hmm. psychologically it's really difficult to go through that change so the fact that you've been able to gain those tools from from therapy to help other people i think it's awesome thank you man and i, I think we all can agree too like most of our coaching like maybe 10 percent of it is the actual physical nature of it right the, the actual science part where you teach someone how, what a deficit is you teach someone protein you keep you more satiated you know maybe you teach someone for meal timing to help their workouts and majority of the time you're just trying to get someone to adhere to their program right and and adherence is most often from creating behavioral change with whatever habits that they have or whatever self-talk or however they identify themselves with right yeah exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they could just download my calorie calculator, which is fantastic. By the way, go to my website. <laughs> oh, let's um, go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, stop plugging. Stop. Man. Stop plugging your lead uh, magnets. <laughs> We're gonna cut that part out. <laughs> Use code Jeff for Legion. Legion twenty percent. I love it. <laughs> no wonder all these episodes don't get aired because it's, it's like Andy's yeah. like subtly plugging. Or you can apply for one-on-one coaching. <laughs> God damn it, Andy. Okay, right, right. Everyone settle down. Everyone settle down. Jeff did that last week, and I thought it's, it's my turn this week. Austin can go next week. Okay. And the other thing is, no one even signs up for my email list. I've got a really good calorie calculator. It's yeah. one of the best I've ever seen in the whole world. Uh-huh. Okay. No one even downloads it. I send yeah. an email out, I get more unsubscribes than I do subscribes. So. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i don't think you're doing anything wrong it sounds like that's dude <laughs> dude like i've keep doing what you're doing dude i've downloaded i've downloaded his calorie calculator and literally bro it is the best like it figures out your macros like he fucking puts in calorie cycling shit and like it wow. is it's literally amazing and what i like about it is like i like mine's shitty i literally give people like here's your equation like do it do it for yourself right Mm -hmm. and then i like i'll give them other resources but like andy's literally is like plug your stuff in and it actually i put my stuff in there and i was like dude this is actually my exact macros it was on point so it's good dude it's really good all right well let's all plug his shit that's great (laughs) Yeah. yeah So you yeah. do what? What? Let's talk about your calculator. Super cool. What? What's um? What? What is like? If I put all my data, what do I get back? Well, I've got a few sections. Whether you want to maintain, lose, or gain weight, I mm-hmm. I would support. I, based on my experience and my journey, most people that come to me want to lose weight. Some mm-hmm. people do want to gain weight, gain muscle, but for the majority of people, they want to lose weight. So that's kind of where they would go. But you plug in. Like I did take the equation from one of the main equations, the scientific equations, um, but I built an Excel spreadsheet basically that you put your information uh-huh. in, but you can put it in either in Imperial, whatever that is, or metric. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you will get your, your BMR, you'll get your total daily energy requirements for maintenance. Mm-hmm. And then based off of what I suggest you aim to lose per week, which is 0.5 to 1% of your total body weight loss. And I mm-hmm. give recommendations on there of like, go for lower, basically. So maybe 05 to 0.6% total body weight loss per week. That'll tell you how much you should aim to lose on a 
on average per week and that'll tell you your calorie deficit and then your daily calorie needs there's also a section on there where if you don't have a paid version of my fitness power or you're not able to set exact macros in grams there's a section for my fitness power free version where you can set it as like five percent increments mm. um and then I have been updating it so that you can do calorie cycling, but I haven't made that live yet because I'm still trying to figure out how logistically that can work for every level of calorie intake. Mm-hmm. Um, because someone taking in like 4,000 calories against someone that's taking in like 1,800 is going to be a little bit different, I think. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure that out in terms of percentages. But yeah, but then you've got also, if you want to gain weight, things go a little slower. So I make recommendations on there to what rates of gain you should aim for. And you kind of get to choose what you want to do, whether you want to go a little faster, slower, Mm -hmm. and then the pros and cons of that. So it it sounds, sounds like you have all the bases covered. I, I, I think, I think we all just need to give a little plug for it. And then, uh, what maybe, I don't know, sometimes Excel sheets, maybe will, uh, scare people so if there's like a way to maybe um i don't know, make it look look pretty like i don't know like some sort of form or, or anything like that where someone could just input numbers and it does it anyways mm-hmm. i think that would be the bread and butter but it, even if they're using whatever you're using now like that's everything someone would eat yeah like i spent days days creating that thing yeah and, well, I, uh, I now know who the brains of the group is. Like, just from you talking, like, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> Austin, Austin, and Andy are way smarter than I am. Like, I come in like a total bro, and uh, <laughs> and like I'm definitely the one that kind of like I'm like, all right, what are we talking about this week? Are we gonna talk about uh, fucking, you're like Lebowski. <laughs> we about fucking uh, muscle damage. Uh, what are we talking about? Yeah, bro, and, uh, how much protein you getting in? Hey, but uh, yeah, Austin, Austin's fucking our hyper hypertrophy correspondent, Austin Chan, and uh, and Andy is definitely like the brains behind like macros. Like Andy's the man, but mm-hmm. they, you know, they both have like these strengths and areas that they they are proficient in, and then I think where I come in is more of like the mindset aspect Mm -hmm. and the mental aspect of fitness and um just because that's kind of you know the motivational interviewing and all of that stuff is like it's honestly dude you read that book and it's like it's like who is using those tactics in that book man a lot of them can come off really condescending like i don't know if you've ever Mm -hmm. read like actually yeah yeah Yeah, i'm sure you're talking about the the white book yeah, like yeah, possible. yeah. Like a lot of the like, if you actually followed all of the questions it recommends to ask in that book, it's like a lot of those questions can come off kind of condescending towards people. Like, like it would make it seem as though your clients really don't know what they're doing at all. And our goal is to like build up self-efficacy for our clients that they do know what they're doing, and we can reinforce that belief in themselves so Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. motivational interviewing is an amazing tactic but i also think like add your own flair to it and give people the benefit of the doubt as well yeah that's that's what i was gonna say is that book it's uh it's a it's a tough read um you know just the way for me if it's not like uh like i i really enjoy 
people who write as if they're just talking to me. Um, that one's very just like, you know, it's, it's an educational book, right? Yeah. It's just like, this is, is what it is. How do you, how do you, you know, how do you get someone to really identify their own problems just through conversation? You know, how can you uh, get them to come up with their own solutions, right? Like that's essentially what motivational interviewing is. Um, I, and, but I think you nailed it, right? Like it, you, you pull what you can from, from anything, right. And you, and you put your own spin on it and you put your own way to present it so that it doesn't seem like you're a condescending asshole. Who's just like, just, just tell me why you're fucked up. Right. Like, like let's just, let's get yeah. to the point. Right. <laughs> so, uh, right? so there's, there's your own way of use, utilizing everything that we learn. And, and again, that's why we have our favorite teachers because they, they are the, the knowledge source and they present it to you where you just get it. So how do you use my question for you is like, how do you use motivational interviewing with a client? Like let's break down to like the nitty gritty, like an example of how you would use it. Like, let's say you have a new client come on and their first week you I don't know how your coach, how you run your coaching, but like maybe your first week, you just have them focus on like writing down everything they eat. Um, and, and just because they like never tracked calories before they're brand new to all this and you don't want to overwhelm them. Mm -hmm. Like, and they come to you and they feel like a failure because Saturday they had a big cheat day or they binged like, how would you approach that situation? Like, I know it's different for everyone, but Mm -hmm. What were like the first places you would go? Uh, I mean, to me, I think, I think one, you start off by creating a safe space, right? So you, you create that safe space by saying like, listen, I really appreciate you being vulnerable and honest with me because as your coach, it is important that we have a safe space for us to discuss anything that might be on your mind. And then, so once you do that, you create that safe space. So that way, that you're not scaring them off, right? Because otherwise what happens, and you'll hear these horror stories all the time with coach client stuff is that like the coaches will almost bully or, you know, strike fear into their clients that oh, I can't believe you did this or like, and then they, you'll, they'll vanish, right? And they won't tell you anything that's going on. And that doesn't help anybody as the coach or the client. Um, so once you create a safe space, then I think it's important to, to get into the root of it, right? Because you, you need to identify Okay, what what are the instances surrounding you know the the binge or overeating, and it's important to differentiate between the two, right? That's those are two very different things. If someone overeats and someone binges, um, so so you, you go about that and saying, hey, like, listen, I I really appreciate you being vulnerable, being honest, and all that stuff. And also, I think it's this is why I love our coaching dynamic because just you writing down these words is, is getting these thoughts out of your head. Right. And a lot of times these thoughts can fester. Um, so just, and what you're doing there without, you know, saying it out loud is you're, you're, you're reinforcing their communication and, and getting thoughts out of their own head. Right. Which is a lot of people won't do. Um, so when you reinforce that behavior by saying like, Hey, super proud of you for writing all this down and getting all this out, you reinforce that communication, you reinforce, um, their own communication with themselves. Right. Um, and then from there you, you try to get to the root of this. So you're like, Hey, so, you know, just, just tell me kind of like the circumstances that surrounded it. Um, you know, how did you feel emotionally? How did you feel? Um, you know, 
mentally what were like meals surrounding the day and you kind of try to have them paint that picture right so the whole point of sort of motivational interviewing is, is just you ask the ask asking questions that create conversation right because through conversation is when you find answers like you've probably had this with clients before is they'll be talking and then they'll still literally say the solution out loud and and you, you can you kind of go oh. mm -hmm. and they're like uh, okay, like I got it, mm -hmm. I got it, right? Mm -hmm. So you're essentially just asking questions that provoke thought and provoke either solutions or identifying problems, right? Because you need to have them, you can't just tell somebody this is your problem because of this. Because it's just like when a parent tells you this is your problem, do this, we all resent it. Mm. right or it creates resentment in the relationship so you have to have somebody find it on their own but just again it all starts by creating a safe environment asking questions that make them feel safe reinforcing the right behaviors to reinforce communication um and then once you're able to do all that it, it just it's just conversation at that point right it's like literally that's how i look at it it's just like we're just having a conversation and as a coach, the most important thing you need to do during that conversation is listen. And if you just listen to what somebody's saying and you, you know which part of the conversation to pull from that might provoke where you want the conversation to lead, uh, that's essentially how you do motivational interviewing. It's, it's just a conversation. You have to ask the questions in a way that provoke more thought and you have to make sure you're listening so that you could say, okay, like this is the part we really need to get into more. Let me ask more questions about this, right? Mm -hmm. So that's just kind of an example of how I go about it. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's very that's very well said. I I especially like the part where you are, right? Because as coaches, it's like, I think when I was a newer coach, I very much gave people the answers. Like I very much was like oh, this is what you need to be doing instead, or this is probably why you overate on the weekends, or like, you know, just get back on track. Like, I would basically give them the answers. And then now at this stage in my coaching, I'm like, I'm like, all right, let's dig a little bit deeper in here and see if we can come up with solutions together that are your ideas, that I'm just like saying, hey, that sounds like a good idea. Let's try that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's where... I feel like good coaching, it, it really, really starts to, now you start to get into good coaching. Now you start to get into an aspect of coaching that they're basically coming up with their own ideas. So then they're like, hey, I can do this. That was a good idea I came up with. And my coach is kind of like navigating, like we're not the ones giving the answers. We are the guides to their own answers. And that's like, whoa some spiritual shit <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think too what you just did is a great example of motivational interviewing too because part of motivational interviewing is being able to summarize be like okay i hear you you said basically this 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 to make make them know that you are actively listening and then you're able to go from there right so you just whether you realize or not you just did a great example of motivational interviewing by summarizing what i just said and then continuing the conversation mm. Yeah, man. I mean, really, that's if you can get good at motivational interviewing, like you can dominate, not dominate, but you can, you can support healthy relationships in in your life in general, right? It's like you want to have, you want to have a girlfriend like that supports you and that feels like you're actually listening and caring about her. Like, 
listen to what she's saying and ask questions and actually like don't just like tell her what to do or how to fix her problems but just listen and ask questions and help them come up with their own solutions like you know that's that's the way to not make your relationships codependent and that's my relationship tips for the episode (laughs) that's actually that's actually a great tip mate because when i first started dating lucy she would like try and explain something to me and i would get it i would get what she's explaining to me and then i would give my opinion or whatever else i would talk but i wouldn't reflect back what she had said to me and now that i've started doing that she feels way more understood and it's just something that's so simple that sometimes you don't even think to do Mm. to make someone feel heard it doesn't necessarily come naturally to think if i just repeat back to them what they've said to make sure that they know i know what they're does this make sense yeah Yeah. you know what i mean right (laughs) they don't know we know they don't (laughs) 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 yeah he's too deep man (laughs) how many they knows we knows mate um so yeah so if if i repeat back to her what she has said to me she feels heard even though I know what she said anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she or feels some, that. So Yeah. Or um, sometimes you don't know you don't know and sometimes repeating what she said will help. And maybe in your own words be like, oh boom. Got it. Clarification, cool. mate. Mm-hmm. That is that's hundred percent true actually. Because that's the thing. You've taken in what they've said and then you've built your own story up about that based on your own experiences without um, maybe really understanding what they've said. So that's a really good point, actually. And repeating back to them what you've interpreted and saying it back to them and saying, is this the right story? Is this really what you're saying to me? Have I got the right idea? Yes, that can really, really help out and save a lot of arguments. So, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a really, really good point. And I do have a question, actually, because very rarely have I had this but I've got two questions. One of which is, do you ever have anyone say, you tell me you're the coach? Because I've had that a couple of times where they're mm-hmm. like, I don't know, you tell me you're the coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. you know, how do you deal? How do you deal with that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten that before. And my, my, <laughs> and my instant reaction is like, Oh, Oh, you're going to drive me today. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think one, be, before it even gets to that point, you need to create the environment and the culture and the expectation that you are not their babysitter, right? I think that's really important to set the tone as soon as you start working with someone because you're like, I one day I'm not going to be coaching you and the whole point of me coaching you is so that you don't you don't have to need me anymore right it, it, that's just the way it works if you're good at your job someone can say all right i i'm good i can flourish on my own right so part of that is, is setting the tone from the initial get-go is that listen i'm not going to hold your hand i'm not going to be your babysitter i can't just pull anything out of you if i don't know again the communication part creating a safe environment um repeating what they say let them know that they're heard 
Um, so, but if someone tells me, you tell me, um, then I sometimes will revert it back. Well, I, well I'll, I'll repeat what they said, maybe I'll say like, well, you told me that um, you were experiencing stress, uh, you know, from work and that when you get back home, you tend to snack. So why don't you tell me a little bit more about um, that, uh, that specific scenario about that, or, you know, the last time that happened and, and what you did and how you felt about it. So then what you're doing is you are forcing them to answer it again, right? So you can instantly, you know, reflect that you tell me by saying, no, you, I want you to tell me about this specific scenario so that then I can tell you what I think would be a, a beneficial way to go about it, right? So that way you get them at least talking. Um, because again, I, I've gotten the, you tell me's before. I'm just like, all right, well, let me, let's break down what I want you to tell me. And the only way to do that is by asking, um, engaging questions that can put them that in the scenario. Cause typically a, you tell me is just a frustration answer, right? It's just like, I'm super frustrated. Like you, you tell me what you want me to do. Right. It, and it's just like, we've all been there. Right. Like I've said that to people, just tell me what you want me to do. Right. Um, and it's because there's just built up frustration. Most of the time it's with ourselves because we're a lot of these people are starting something very new for the first time or they're trying to change these habits the right way for the first time. It's just a very frustrating experience. So we have empathy with that um, and understanding. And then we have just have to know like, OK, well, we need to just reframe this question so that they feel like they can answer it rather than they feel like I don't freaking know. You tell me you're my coach. Right. Mm -hmm. Bloody good answer, mate. Yeah. <laughs> and email my email my clients right now. Sign yeah. up. <laughs> uh. Bloody good. It's the first bloody bloody I've ever bloody I've ever had. Appreciate that. Bloody plenty more where that came from. Yeah. <laughs> All right, don't don't force it. <laughs> don't push it. Yeah. That's the last one you'll be getting from me. <laughs> 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 So the other uh, question yeah, I had yeah. was about um, how you do motivational interviewing over email. I mean, do you do mm -hmm. calls with your clients or are you mostly like a email or, or remote check-in based? Yeah. So, so, you know, I'll do, I'll do uh, emails and I'll, I'll do video responses. Um, you know, Jeff, Jeff actually introduced me to Vidyard, which has been great. I really love doing that. And my Did clients are doing that. Yeah. Did Andy, you introduce Andy that? actually got me into Vidyard. Wow. Yeah. So you're the man I need to thank. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, dude. Yeah. I, really I got it from it. someone else, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we all That's get it somewhere. Vidyard's yeah. just happy we're using it. Uh, and, and shouting about, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I mean, uh, so I'll, I'll do both, right. I'll do video responses and I will do email responses. If it's an email response, um, it doesn't necessarily change anything. You just, you just need to make sure you're asking the right questions still, right? It's, it's just, you know, just like we caption our, our voice content, you need to caption your words that you would say them in person and just frame the question in a way that is thought provoking, not a definitive answer, right? Or a yes or no question. That's what you want to avoid when it comes to motivational interviewing. Cause, cause again, if, if you're trying to talk to, the person that you're trying to socialize with, like a friend or anything like that, you want to have a conversation. You're not trying to just be like, you good? Yeah. No. Like you want to be like, how was your day? Tell me about your day. Like ask questions like that, that get the conversation rolling. Um, 
and and that's essentially you just do the same thing over email or you could do the same thing over video response where you're just like hey like you know just wanted you to see my face um you know i just have a few questions based off your check-in or anything like that and um you know I, something really you know spoke to me and i was reading your check-in and, and i was wondering if you, we could dive in a little bit more about it could you could you tell me a little bit more about you know you know how you mentioned that you feel stressed about uh work and all of that and and maybe we'll see if it translates to somewhere else and then they'll just give you conversation verbiage. And based off that verbiage, you can pick and pull where you want to go lead the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, essentially, it's just, I, motivational listening is just having a conversation, but you're just actually listening to what they're saying without having a preconceived notion of what you're going to say next, right? Yeah, I think I pretty much do that without calling it anything specific like Mm -hmm. motivational interviewing Mm -hmm. like I know the basics of that and I use it try and use it with my clients it is difficult sometimes to get clients to reply to my videos and emails Mm -hmm. Um, and I found what works best is to follow up with the video and then bullet pointed questions to say like these are the questions I asked in the video yeah yeah yeah. but it doesn't always do it I still don't always get a reply, but I think that's mostly because they're like, oh, he's explained something quite well. I'm good until next week. Um, yeah. And that yeah. could be a thing to work on too, right? Like, like we talked about, if you're, if you are telling them exactly what they need to know, rather than have them try to navigate it a little bit on their own, um, like that's a little reframe you can do in, in how you present it, right? Like you, you could probably have an amazing answer with a bulletproof PowerPoint. And I'd be like, cool got it but if i'm able to come up with some of the bullet points that you have in mind then it 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 hits more and it sinks in more when it comes from me your client rather than the coach just being like this 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 right bloody (laughs) I I, i have an example of this that i had last week with a client she's been a client for several years and um Made this amazing weight loss transformation, right? Like insane. Like I, during this transformation, it was like, it was insane. Like I'm sure you guys have had clients like this where you adjusted their calories like a couple times over the course of like a very long time. Like the weight was just flying off. It was just flying off every single week. And it just was like, what the hell? And because you don't normally get clients like this, but when you do, it's like, let's go. You're going to make a huge transformation like this. Like you're motivated. You're in your head is in the game. Like it's just happening. It's all clicking for you. Right. And she reached her goal and she's been in maintenance for a while. She got out of tracking calories. She's been doing um, like three plates, two snacks type method for basically just building her plates around vegetables, proteins, carbs doing really well with that but she's been feeling stagnant and she has no like clear-cut goals right because it's like she lost the weight now she's just maintaining and got off of tracking and so she's like she needed something else to focus on she was losing steam and she was getting uninterested in fitness right and I noticed this during our check-ins she was just over it like just over it so I hopped on a call with her because I was like, phone calls are always like, for me personally, like 
when I can hop on a phone call with a client, like I know I'm going to fucking get them excited. You know, I know I'm going to find something that they're excited about that we can dive into and they're going to feel super charged up again. And not that I have like any innate power or motivation, motivational power or any control over what anyone else is doing, but I, I use motivational interviewing to get them excited about other goals. And so for her, it was like, well, what's a performance goal that you want to focus on? I was like, she told me she wants to get, she wants to get into this 5k and get back into running. And I was like, that's amazing. Like, let's, let's do some zone two cardio to build up your like aerobic capacity. I've been learning all this shit about zone two cardio from Jordan and that guy, Alex Viata and all the people he's had on talking about zone two cardio and all the latest research that's come out about how important it is. So I've been trying to get all my clients on zone two cardio now. And so she's all excited. Now she's hitting her zone two cardio. She's prepping for this 5k and she's uh she set a goal of getting her first body weight chin up and uh and so we've been working on that and she's just pumped every single day she's checking in with me letting me know how her zone two and her chin ups are going and so like this was something previous jeff would have been like i don't know what to do here like you know she's already hit her goals what else more is there to do, right? But now it's like, okay, there's always something to get people excited about to get and having a clear-cut goal in mind. Something performance-based is amazing. So um, that was just an example of like a way to use motivational interviewing to get your clients like hyped and back in the game. But I just was, I just was excited about that because I was like losing. I was she was losing interest. Yep. And I was like, and now she's pumped. So it was mm-hmm. definitely a win for, for me and for her. Um, so thought it was cool. Yeah. Thought I'd share that. Yeah. And I feel like we've all been through that too. I mean, I've definitely gone through. So Austin, Austin, do you do it more like bodybuilding type training? Yeah. Yeah. I've all, I've just always been interested in hypertrophy training. Mm-hmm. I've tried like powerlifting and just other styles of training, but like, yeah, that, that's what like I always come back to. Mm-hmm so so i'm sure you've, you've probably been through the same thing because when i used to do more bodybuilding style sometimes it just feels uh unmotivating right because it's it's not like a weight pr or, or getting like that pull up or anything anything like that um so sometimes it becomes mundane so what what do you kind of think like how do you sort of I guess can do what jeff did for his client but how do you do that for yourself where it's like uh you know training is kind of feeling a little stagnant or anything like that Mm -hmm. yeah so um i'd say for i i set performance-based goals too because like really at the end of it like if you're getting stronger you are going to build more muscle Mm -hmm. so it definitely helps on that end like yeah some people who just like focus on coming in getting in the pump and all that i'm just like i'm not about that (laughs) yeah (laughs) love love i haven't heard that in a while i haven't been in a bodybuilding gym in a while oh you got quite the pump there (laughs) (laughs) i miss that environment (laughs) that's an exquisite pump (laughs) oh man this guy's all pumped up (laughs) that's amazing yeah so 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 yeah i mean that's uh right we got performance-based goals and i think that's jeff that's a great way you did with your clients is you just like you 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 gave them a goal again right yeah and and you gave them direction i think same thing happens like you know i'm not sure how you guys will do your fat loss phases but i'll do the same thing your fat loss phases i'll I'll set timestamps on on duration so that it becomes less 
like this feels like a forever thing and more like this is just a period, right? Like period periodization, right? We're going to work on this for X amount of months. We're going to work on this phase for an X amount of months. We're going to work on this phase X amount of months and we'll come back to, you know, fat loss or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Bouncing in and out of fat losses. That's psychologically what that does is amazing. Like I, I always was under the impression that like you just stay in the deficit until you're <laughs> fucking done. And, uh, <laughs> until you're dead. <laughs> and it's just like, bro, uh, I've been in a deficit for like four years now. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I'm still not at my goal. What's going Your on? Your eye twitches. Like- <laughs> <laughs> my metabolism is adapted. Um, but, but yeah, it's like, um, you know, when you give them an end date, like, all right, cool. We're going to move into maintenance, you know, out of the summer, we're going to move into a little bit of a surplus, you know, and then, um, I find that it helps clients with adherence as well. Like not all always having them in a deficit just so can you go over some of the benefits that you've seen with your clients with maintenance ryan uh well maintenance is my favorite thing to take a client through like i love love maintenance like i fat loss phases like we've all that's usually what a client starts with you with right like why they sign up but maintenance is like my favorite thing because it's just like you just feel better like when you're when you're eating more and and you, your focus is less on you know losing weight and and more on optimizing your health so um so i mean de- depends like if i have a client and they've been in a deficit for a while i like to do like a reverse diet uh not for like any special reasons more more actually more so for like psychological reasons because uh, especially if they've never been in maintenance before, it could be a very scary thing, right? It's it's just an unknown, right? Just like losing fat for them at one point in time was an unknown, like going into another phase where I'm telling you to eat 200, 400 more calories um, can be a scary thing too. So I like to do a reverse diet and I'll have them add like 50 to 100 calories a week, depending on, you know, how anxious they are about eating more food, Right. And every step of the way, you just got to make sure that they feel comfortable and, and, and you're educating them, you know, that the weight gain you're having isn't fat gain. It's just you have more food sitting in your stomach, right? Um, so I like to do a reverse diet. And, and, and uh, once they reach like their maintenance calories, then, then I like to sort of leave it up to them. I, ha- I have like a minimum period where like, hey, I think this 30-day period would be a solid you know, at least diet break from your fat loss phase. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you, if you want to go back into a fat loss phase, we can, um, or if you feel good and you want to continue being in a maintenance phase, we absolutely can do that too. Um, but I like to do the slow ramp up into maintenance calories. Um, and then always just kind of assess how they're feeling along the way. Um, cause that's, you're going to get a lot of the, I feel like I'm getting fluffy or I feel mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I, they get nervous when their weight spikes and, 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 and all that, all that stuff. But, um, maintenance is my favorite period to coach them through. Yeah, man. I think that's, that's beneficial for sure. Austin, have you taken clients through maintenance? Like, how do you, how do you do that for clients? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have done that. It's yeah. Like, like for all the benefits that Ryan has said, but actually I, ha- I did have a question for Ryan. So how would you kind of coax your clients into that? Like, especially mm-hmm. ones who are like super comfortable hanging out in that deficit. Yeah. Like, how do you like, not necessarily like convince, but kind of tying two together of how do you motivational interview them into like 
I know I need to do this for like, like the for for the better of the long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I always I always circle back to our initial conversation because um, my initial conversation with the client when I'm when I'm onboarding them is you know going over goals and obstacles and all those things. So it's always good to circle back to their own words, right? Because then you can just use their words to help almost like turn on that light bulb in their head. Like, this is why I'm doing it. Right. So, you know, typically when I'm, you know, interviewing someone, I'm just like, so tell me, you know, what your goals are, blah, blah. blah. And, and of course, if their goal is weight loss, that's one of the first goals. And then usually it has something to do with like a sustainable lifestyle or, you know, having a better relationship with food. So that's usually the ammo I'll use when I'm trying to get someone to be like, Hey, listen, you know, you've done a, a great job in a deficit, or maybe you haven't done a great job in a deficit. And this is why I'm telling you to go into maintenance, right? Both those things can happen. Um, mm-hmm. But you, part of what you told me when we first started with coaching is that you wanted X, right? And to get to X, you need to feel comfortable in maintenance because guess what? Maintenance is the end goal, no matter what you're doing, right? Mm. You're not always going to be in a deficit. You're not always going to be in a, in a surplus. Sometimes you're just chilling and that's when life happens, right? When you're just trying to maintain what it is that you're doing and what you have. Um, so how I'll, how I'll kind of allow, again, it's, it's about allowing them to see from their eyes and their words, why it would be important. And oftentimes the big, the best thing you could do is just circle back to other conversations where you had, where they're like, I just want to play with my kids, or I want to feel stronger. I, I want to be able to get up a diner booth or whatever the case may be, whatever they've told you in the past, whatever conversations you've had. Again, this shows that you were listening. It shows that you can recount what they said and summarize what they've said in the past. And sometimes that's even more impactful because that, that again, that shows that you've developed a relationship with this person and it means something to, the, to them that you can recall conversations that you've had in the past and what's important to them, at least when they first started, when they were, where they were most motivated. Um, so if you're able to do that, then they are far more likely to trust you because you've shown that they have a relationship with you and we're far more likely to trust someone we have, we feel comfortable with and we have a relationship with. Does that make sense? Yeah. Bloody good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody yeah, Austin. Right? Bloody, yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, Ryan, can you go into a little bit more in depth about when a client doesn't do good with a deficit, why you would put them into maintenance and like mm-hmm. some of the benefits of that? Yeah. I mean, I actually, I have a client going through it right now and, and, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like, they're just not consistent. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and you can, and obviously you try to implement other things along the way. Let's try to work on stress management. Let's try to work on this, try to work on that. And just at the end of the day, some people just aren't ready to be in a fat loss phase and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, and like, and that's, again, when I'm, when someone's going through that, I reaffirm there's nothing, completely nothing wrong um, with just not being ready to be in a fallacy or right? like behavior stages of behavior change, right? Someone's not ready to act, then you can't, you can't get them there if they're just not ready to do it. Um, so, you know, that's, again, that just starts with an honest conversation, creating a safe environment and just being like, listen, you know, based off all the data that we have and, and, and all the conversations that we have, um, 
you know, it's to me, it just sounds like you might not be ready to be in a fat loss phase and, you know, sort of, um, you want to ask them sort of where their head's at, um, you know, how they would feel if they didn't have to worry about the actual weight loss and, and ask them, uh, how that would impact their stress. Right. And they could say like, oh, well, it could have a beneficial impact on my stress. It's like, I'm not focused on the scale always going down or anything like that. Um, and you kind of have asked thought provoking questions that allow them to think of beneficial things that could, uh, happen from not trying to lose weight in that point in time. Um, and then once you have those conversations, then it's, it's a similar thing. You, you create a safe environment, you properly educate them what maintenance is so that you can help clear up some of that unknown. Um, and then you tell them like, it's perfectly normal to feel fear going into this because you've never done it before. And, and also because oftentimes their, their biggest fear is that they feel like they failed because they couldn't do a deficit. And as a coach, we're always trying to let people know, like you, you're not failing, you're just learning. And, and, you know, this isn't like, I'm not your teacher. I'm not grading your assignment. Um, if anything, I'm trying to help you so that, you know, you can understand more about your hunger cues and more about your stress cues and all these things without having to worry about the actual weight being lost. Um, and sometimes just reframing it like that just makes it seem less daunting. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a couple of things. One, the from what's his name? Um, the guy. The guy swears a lot on Instagram. The British guy, what's his name? James, James, James Smith. Smith. Yeah, yeah. So he talks about, um, you know, not a, a calorie deficit's not applicable for everyone, right? And he talks about how, you know, if you hate your life, if you're like not happy in your relationship, probably not a good point in time for you to go into a calorie deficit. Not saying that mm -hmm. they don't work or that they're not the only way to lose weight, but saying if you've got like substantial stuff going on in your life, that's going to cause more stress than if going into a calorie deficit is going to cause more stress, it's probably not worth it. You need to figure out the root cause of a lot of those issues first before tackling something like a weight loss phase. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one thing that's, you know, people need to, to figure out. The other thing is a lot of people can be physiologically, at maintenance but psychologically in a deficit so they are maintaining weight but they are trying to lose weight mm. and so but all the things that they pick at throughout the day all the things that they don't track their lack of activity although they're trying although maybe maybe they are either they're not maybe they're not trying very hard or maybe they are just not all in their heart's not in it for whatever reason, you know, in their mind, they're in a calorie deficit and they're making effort, but physiologically, they're actually just at maintenance. And so taking that step back to just be at maintenance anyway is a mm. smart move because it's like, well, you're actually, you're not even in a deficit. You might mm. as well just reframe your mind and not worry about being in a weight loss phase because mm. you're not you're not making progress there anyway, in a nice way, of course. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, right. I actually have a client off. doing that now where it's, uh, she was just so stressed from work that she actually, her calories were just keeping her at maintenance. And I, I basically just like, hey, we're going to do a dedicated two, four-week maintenance phase. 
um, so that you can intentionally eat more. And like you said, it's like a, it's a big, uh, it's almost like, you know, if you've been like not going to work and there's a difference between not going to work and you have to work and, uh, taking a vacation, right. And intentionally taking time off. It's, it's like that mental shift and mental, um, relief to intentionally say, okay, like I was trying to lose weight, but my actions said otherwise. But now if I switch my actions, sorry, my buddy just texted me the Obi-Wan trailer just came out. So that's important for me to watch later, <laughs> but it's intentionally, it's, it's important to understand your intentions and align your intentions with your actions. Like you were just saying, because it, it can just really provide such mental relief when it's like, Hey, it's all good. Your actions just aren't dictating what, what you you're saying you want right now. Let's switch your intent so that it becomes less of, I'm not going to work on purpose and I'm failing and more of, I'm in taking an intentional vacation and this will align your actions with your goals. Mm. I'm on the beach, mate. You know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm and a, I think it can go even deeper really, because yeah. I see a lot of people that I grew up with always trying to lose weight. And always struggling, whether they're going through cyclical patterns of losing and gaining, losing and gaining, or just constantly struggling to lose, mm -hmm. you know, but they're always in the mind frame of I need to lose, I need to lose, I need to lose. And to, to think like that they are in their mind always on a fat loss phase, always for years, but physiologically they're not. And, you know, psychologically that is taxing. You know, that is exhausting. And, you know, there's a lot of stress and maybe shame, um, frustration that comes along with that as well. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But it is it is scary for a lot of people. Like you said, there's a lot of people that I've coached that, you know, making them go to maintenance, their first reaction is, even though it's their idea a lot of the time, whoa, I'm actually scared you've given me this number of calories to eat. Mm -hmm. um, Generally speaking, I don't do the reverse diet from deficit to maintenance. I will just go straight to maintenance. Mm -hmm. We'll calculate what it would be roughly and then kind of go from there and adjust. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, when I show people, okay, this is what you're going to be eating. It's like kind of excited, kind of like a little bit scared. Yeah. Um, so it is scary, you know, to be like, you can eat more food because the initial thing is like, I'm just going to get fat. Mm -hmm. when actually it's like no you're not you know you eat this much food you're probably still going to be in a deficit slightly because you're going to get mm -hmm. more energy you're going to feel great you're going to get better sleep now training's going to feel so bloody good mm -hmm. you know uh, mm -hmm. so yeah there's a lot of benefits to being at maintenance and like you said you don't want to be in a fat loss phase for the rest of your life that's for damn sure you know mm -hmm. so practicing eating at maintenance and that's where Sometimes a diet break can come in if a fat loss phase is particularly fatiguing mm. or a struggle. So yeah, that's great, man. I in, I enjoyed your input on the on the maintenance phase there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think what you said was super helpful too. Where where uh, you know where you you talk about how there's no one way right to go into a maintenance phase, right? Like you, there's. I think the the best answer any. I really trust a professional every, anytime I hear the first thing they say is it depends, right? Because that's like the truest 
way to answer questions like yeah well it, it depends right and like you said like sometimes best thing for someone is like yeah let's put you right into maintenance right and let's skip the the slow process of slowly introducing calories per week um and i think that's that's a really you know insightful thing and, and great thing for people to recognize is that there's no one way to do anything and sometimes the best thing is like let's put you right in right away like vacation starts now like let's let's take your line off being in a deficit yeah man yeah love it bro um well dude i think we're coming coming up to the end of our time here man but ryan i just want to say uh appreciate you coming on man first guest of the podcast of the round table welcome to the round table and uh and man, it was a pleasure having you on. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can do it again. I appreciate you guys. I'm sorry. One, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not Mike. This has been fantastic, mate. This was a treat, man. I really appreciate you guys uh, having me on, and I look forward to coming on more more in the future. This was great. The old right. Pacific Northwest boys. Hey, let's go. All right, man. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan.